Wow, those were very kind words, and I thank you very much, Gordon. This is really a privilege for me to be with this many leaders of of high school people. Um, I, I just thank you for responding to the call of God upon your life and and uh, what you mean to to kids. Um, I respect you too because I think this culture today is very unique. I, I don't understand the high school culture. I need to tell you that. Um, occasionally somebody makes me talk to kids. They scare me to death. <laughs> I, I, it's because I'm not there. I'm not, I don't understand a lot of their world. Um, but many of you do. And I, I really respect you and, and uh, thank you for what you're doing um, with young people. Is this thing feeding back or is it just my, my ears? Might be a little of both. <clears throat> I wish to um, mainly encourage you tonight. I don't know what you bring. You see, I don't know you. (laughs) I wish I did, I think. I wish I did. (laughs) You look friendly. A lot of times you get up to speak to a crowd you don't know, and you, you have these fantasy things like, oh, gosh, what if they get organized and attack? But I don't think you're ever going to get organized. So it's just... <laughs> I was one of the first kids in young life. Um, that goes back many years. The Bible was just being translated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and that's where Young Life began because the man who started it is a man named Jim Rayburn, and he was coming out of Mary in Dallas, and he decided that, that he wanted to work with um, high school young people in and around Dallas. And I was one of the first kids that he, that he worked with, um, and um, I'll be eternally grateful for that. Um, the way he started this thing was he thought, I know, I'll just get a circus tent and I'll set the thing up right across from Fair Park in Dallas and, and then kids will all come to this tent and, I, and I'll tell them about Jesus. <laughs> that was such a dumb idea. Yeah. <laughs> But it worked. <laughs> See, in, in Dallas, we used to have these, <laughs> we'd have these guys who'd come through Dallas in the south. If, you probably never lived down there, but they, they are these evangelists who come with tent, and they have tent campaigns for a week. And uh, oh, they're strange, a lot of different uh, kinds of evangelists they bring their christian horses and and uh, all kinds of dumb things and um 
So that was not too strange in the South. And so Rayburn figured he'll set up this circus tent. He went to my father um, to ask dad for money. Um, My dad and his brothers and his father and all were in a manufacturing business in Dallas. And a lot of times people would come to them and hit them up for money. And uh, so Rayburn came to to my dad and said, would you uh, rent a circus tent for us? And um, and he explained the deal. And I, re- I remember that day we were sitting around the dinner table at night and we were, <clears throat> what we did each evening was we just talked about the day, each of us, you know, what went on. He said the strangest thing. He said, this guy came into the office today and he wants to reach kids in Dallas with the Christian story, and and he wanted to do it in a tent, and he asked for money. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there, I'm 13 years old, and I remember saying, well, did you give him the money? And Dad said, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I don't know why, <laughs> except... I've never seen anybody like him. It was amazing. And little did I realize it's just a very young kid at that time that I was witnessing the beginning of one of the greatest missions that has ever been on this earth. And that was the mission of young life. See, it started in that tent. Jim... Jim put a great big sign out in front of the tent. There were only six high schools in Dallas, and, 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 and we all knew where Fair Park was, and he put this sign out in front. And the sign said, Young Life Campaign. Hear Jim Rayburn. <laughs> and dumb us, we did. We came to this. Uh, He had gotten the name Young Life from an organization in England that had that name. And he had permission to use it. The reason he liked the name Young Life is because it really didn't mean anything. Um, It didn't sound religious. And and, and so um, that's why he... He, he liked it. He used to say, well, to come to Young Life, all you have to be is young and alive. Those are the two requirements. Got the tent, set it up, and kids from all over Dallas came to this thing. I remember my brother and I went, and we sat there with all kinds of kids from the city and oh one other thing he did he got a choir <laughs> he put a choir up behind him of, of kids and uh, high school kids and mostly pretty girls as I remember it <laughs> and that seemed good that seemed like a good plan <laughs> and, and they would sing and then and then he would take, take the Bible and he would open it up 
to one of the gospel accounts and he would talk to us about Jesus. I had never heard anybody talk about Jesus like that. It, it, was, it was just as if we were there. Whenever you communicate the message to kids, I hope that you'll be so, so much in tune with the message itself that the young people who hear you will feel like they're there. They're in the presence of Jesus through what it is that you say. I remember the first message he gave in that tent. And it was the second chapter of John. And it, you remember that's the first miracle that is recorded in the Gospel of John. And it was the changing of water to wine. That was an interesting subject to to us. <laughs> we wondered, how did he do that? And, and Jim walked through that story. And the choir sang. And I guess that's when I came to Christ. <clears throat> I don't know. Some of you can think of the exact time when you met Jesus. I can't. But it was probably sitting in that tent and listening to the most wonderful communicator of the gospel that I've ever heard. There are only one or two of us who are still alive who were in the very first young life gathering as kids. Well, Jim decided that the tent thing wouldn't work, you know, ad infinitum. And so he he decided that he would have life club. And once again, he came, came to my folks and said, we want to have it at your house. And so dad and mom said, okay. And uh, so the first Young Life Club was in our house. And so my brother and I went. It was, <clears throat> we didn't have a lot of options on that one, <laughs> but we went. Jim called that club, club number 37. That'll give you a little idea of, of this man. It wasn't that he was dishonest, but he knew that if he called it club number one, we would not have been impressed. But he just called it, okay, this is club 37. And we thought, man, this guy has 36 other things going somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. We were a little slow. <laughs> but it was really club number one. The Second World War was in full tilt, and uh, several of my buddies who were sitting there with me in that club and who heard the gospel um, went went into the war and did not come back. But that made that club a lot more significant. I was younger than everybody else and, and uh, didn't didn't serve in the um, in that war, but um, it had a tremendous impact 
upon all of us who were growing up at that time. <clears throat> so that, that's a little bit of my background. I, I then kind of just grew up in it uh, after college, came on the Young Life staff, um, served on the staff for 40 years, and um, had the privilege of seeing hundreds and thousands of kids come into a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus. Nothing in the world is more important than what you're doing with kids. One of, when, the, when the Pope came over here recently and, and all, I was reminded of a phenomenal statement that came out of Vatican II years ago. And it was this. The future of humanity lies in the hands of those strong enough to give future generations reasons for living and for hoping. That's what you're doing. You're giving young people reasons for living and for hoping. All around them are sounds that would maybe give them reasons for not hoping. A lot of the kids you work with, I know, you sense, you sense some fear. You sense, in some cases, hopelessness, sadness. You're giving them reasons for living and for hoping in Jesus. And I thank God for you. I should like to look with you now at the last words of Jesus after the resurrection. These are the words that Matthew recorded in his gospel in the 28th chapter of, the, um, of Matthew. And we'll look at verse 16 through 20. <clears throat> According to Matthew, these are the last things that Jesus said. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. When Jesus, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always even to the end of the age. According to Matthew, those are the last words of Jesus. Remember, I am with you always. You know, I've, I've thought sometimes, 
He could have said other things, his last words, like, remember, remember the Sermon on the Mount. Wasn't that good? (laughs) He could have said, remember, I walked on water. Don't you ever forget it. (laughs) There's one thing more than anything else, I believe, that our Lord wants us to remember his last words. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Remembering that one fact is all important in your ministry. When people start talking about uh, their problems or whatever in their in their club or or whatever, I just hope they'll remember he's with you he'll never leave you. He is with you always when you go to that high school or when you go to that young life club. remembering is all important. Some of you are college students, right? It's important that how well you remember stuff. <laughs> you know, like what did the teacher say? What did the professor say? What did the book say? And all remembering is just a part of our lives. Funny how that works when you get older. <laughs> you forget stuff. But the interesting thing is you forget short-term stuff. I, I was a physics major in college. I remember some of those dumb formulas. I know that gravitational acceleration is 980 centimeters per second squared falling in a vacuum. Build your life on that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What what can I do with that? I can't get it out of my head. I know that. But I can't remember where I parked the car about half the time. That's the way it works. You'll see. Someday, you'll see. I won't be around, but but I know it'll happen because that just that's the way it goes. We remember stuff. Or we forget it, depending. Funny how that works. Many years ago, there was a Broadway show, and it was called The Fantastics, and it was before you were born, but it was a, it was a great show. And it started out, the lead song was a very beautiful, uh, very beautiful song called Try to Remember, and, and it had three stanzas, very simple. And each of the stanzas ended with the statement, and if you remember, then follow. I, I wish you could have heard it. Uh, it, it, just a, it was just a very beautiful, plaintive kind of, of song. Try to remember, and if you remember, then follow. You may not remember much, 
of what I say tonight. But I pray that you'll remember the words of Jesus. I am with you always. In fact, he goes one better. He says a little bit later, I'm even going to be in you because I'm sending my spirit. He's with us. He's in us. If there's anything else that we celebrate tonight, I hope it'll be that. And that is the living presence of Jesus within us. That club is not ours to lead. It's not those kids that we meet. We're not doing that alone. Rather, Jesus is living through us and reaching those kids. The other day in the USA Today, I read this article. I'd like to read it and we'll use this to sort of wrap things up. Here's the story. A man named Chet Zuber had been on the waiting list for a new heart for four years. He could barely get up a flight of stairs. And he needed a heart transplant. A phone call in 1994 brought him and his wife, Jean, the grim news that their daughter, Patty, had been killed in a car crash. She was 22 years old, a college grad, and had just started out in a nursing career. And now she was gone. A transplant coordinator told Zuber that Patty had recently signed a donor card and he could have his daughter's heart if he wished. He refused, saying it would be a constant reminder of his loss. But he reconsidered. His family needed him, and they urged him to accept the heart. Now, that heart beats inside Zuber, a revitalized man. The transplant is believed to be the only child-parent heart donation in the world. Zuber is happy to think of his daughter every day. She's still part of the family. He now has the stamina to run a, a tree farm and even occasionally to go hiking. In a powerful way, Patty continues to live within him. <clears throat> Jesus Christ died to give us his heart. His heart beats within us as leaders. <clears throat> Christ lives in us and he'll love the world 
And he'll love those kids that you work with. He'll love them through you. Remember, I am with you always. We'll love the poor and the needy. We'll care for those kids that are kind of out of it. High schools are full of kids who are, who are lonely, who are hurt, who are fearful, who are sad. Jesus' heart beats within us. And we will be out to touch those kids with his love. The Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in us. He prays through us. He loves through us. When you do your ministry this week, when you go to school, when you go to that Young Life Club, just let Jesus love those kids through you. Don't worry about loving them yourself. <laughs> love them with the love of Jesus. Try to remember And if you remember, then follow. Follow the promptings of Jesus' great heart of love that beats within you. Let's pray, please. Are you comfortable oh, with just a few moments of silence? We're admonished all throughout Scripture. Be still. Be still. Know that I am God. We live in a noisy world. But now we'll, we'll be still. And we will... Hear and feel the heartbeat of our Lord Jesus within us. Reflect upon those words. Remember, I am with you always. Pull up some images, perhaps, of kids that you know. Look at them through the eyes of Jesus. He's with you. His heart beats within you. Quietly pray for them. And now, dear Lord, I commit to you this wonderful group of, of leaders. And may they understand that this is not their work, this is not their ministry, this is not their Young Life Club, it's not mission. 
It's yours. And your great heart of love beats within us and reaches out to a broken and needy world. And we will be eternally thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.